The sermon this morning is based on Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 1, simply titled, Remembering Your Creator. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 1, Remembering Your Creator. Let's read together. Verse 1, Remember now your Creator in the days of your youth. Before the difficult days come and the years draw near when you say, I have no pleasure in them. We do know that the writings of Psalms, Proverbs, and Ecclesiastes were written mainly in a tone whereby it's almost like a father or a mother is talking to their child and giving them advice about life in general. I love the book of Proverbs and the book of Psalms, even Ecclesiastes, because if you really were to take heed to what it says, you'll know that there's a lot of principles in there that have to do with wisdom in how to carry yourself and how you live your life. And so this is the advice given to the young person Remember now your creator in the days of your youth. This is so different to what the world says to us. You know, the world says youth for pleasure, middle age for business, and old age for religion. <laughs> That's what the world says. But God says this differently. The Bible says youth, middle age, all age, everything for your creator. The reality is that we belong to God, whether we are young people, middle-aged people, or, young, or old people. The reality is that especially in your youth, we are more inclined sometimes to walk away from God and forget our creator. It is especially in these years, I believe that as a young person, we really need to remember God. We need to remember a number of things about God. All of you as young people, you need to remember. Remember, God has made you. That's important. You didn't make you, God made you. Number two, God provides for you. Number three, God cares for you. Young person, remember, God watches over you. Remember, God wants to be in charge of our life. Remember that God also can save your life. But I tell you, youthfulness is a powerful thing. And the Bible says a lot about being young and a lot about young people. It's, it's a wonderful thing to be young. And I want to go through a number of things that the Bible says about youthfulness. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a privilege to be young. It's a great thing to be young. But as you know, we, we never remain young forever. Okay. Number one. The first thing we see that the Bible says about youthful years is that, you know, youthful years are energetic years. Young people are very energetic. I tell you, they run around, they dance, they jump around, they do all kinds of things. They are very, very energetic. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 29 reads, the glory of young men is their strength. So it uses the expression young men to talk about young people. The glory of young men, the glory of those who are young is their strength. And the splendor of old men 
is their gray hair. Orlando Pirates, pepper hair. That's the glory of old people. Well, some of us have shaved it off, but that's our, that's our splendor. So strength and energy is what young people are blessed with. And you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big propagator that young people must follow God from a young age. Bring your youthful energy into the things of God. Can I hear an amen? You know, I know, I mean, right now, of course, because of the way services are structured, the way we are supposed to sit, it's not possible for us to do what we used to do usually. But I know when we were not under lockdown, during the praise and the worship, you know, you could see the young people coming to the front to run around and jump around. Can I hear an amen in this house? So, you know, there's the, 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 the strength and the, the glory of the young men is their strength. Listen what John says when he writes to the church in 1 John 2, 14. He says, I have written to you fathers because you have known God from the beginning. Then he says, I have written to you young men because you are strong. <laughs> and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. Young people are strong, powerful, energetic. So the Bible uses that word for young men to refer to youthfulness, you know. So I ask young people, why wait until you are old to serve God? Why wait until you are running down, until your energy tank is empty before you serve your creator? Why not serve your creator with all your energy and all your strength? I thank God for the privilege of having started serving God as a 17-year-old boy. Of course, you can tell I'm not 17 years anymore. But what a privilege it is to start when you are young. God, I believe, deserves the most active and healthy years of our lives. God deserves our bodies when our bodies are still strong and muscular. God deserves our young lives when our minds are still sharp and clear. God deserves our sense of perception and keen sensitivity. He deserves our enthusiasm, our bright minds. God deserves our will before our will gets affected by wrong things. When we still have a sense that we want to go towards God, remember God when you are still energetic. Remember God in your young days and give God the days of your life, the prime of your life. Number two, Youthful years are inquisitive years. You know, when you are young, you are, you are very, very inquisitive. Therefore, because of being inquisitive as a young person, it gives you the opportunity to learn new things. One of the signs that you're getting old is when you stop being inquisitive. I can see some people in this place uh, either laughing at you from home. They can see. See, once you stop learning, then you know, couldn't they wrong go up? But see, young people are inquisitive. Amazing. Luke chapter 2. Turn there with me. I'll show you something very interesting. As you know, Jesus, born of Mary, raised by Joseph, they would obey all the laws, the requirements, everything they needed to do as Jewish people to observe certain feasts, certain traditions. And it says in verse 41, that with Jesus, every year his parents 
had to go to Jerusalem for the feast of Passover. So when Jesus was 12 years old, that's Luke chapter 2, verse 42. Did I give you the, the verse and the chapter? I didn't, eh? Did I say chapter 2? Okay, Luke chapter 2, verse 42. Yeah, at least I can see your eyes. I can't see what you're saying, but I, I, can. <laughs> I can see your eyes, so you have to shout a bit louder. <laughs> hey, these people with masks in here, you must come and see them here with masks. Oh. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> hey, we will remember these days. How many of you know? <laughs> Those days when we went to church, you know. And you <laughs> Some of you, let's analyze. Anyhow, let's leave that one out. <laughs> All right. Verse 42, it says, When Jesus was 12 years old, they went out to the feast according to the custom. After the feast was over, whilst his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were not aware of it. Note. Thinking that he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they didn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple court, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking questions. Isn't that amazing, eh? They found him what? Sitting in the temple courts, among the teachers, listening to them and asking questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me, he asked. Didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying. I mean, even Jesus showed that curiosity and an inquisitive mind that young people have. It's a wonderful thing to be inquisitive, you know. We learn by asking questions. Amen. You know, you learn by having an inquisitive mind. There is so much to learn around. But you know, sometimes if you are not an inquisitive person, even if you are surrounded by so many interesting things you can learn, you just live without learning anything. So being, being youthful, I love it. It's that time of being inquisitive. Number three, youthfulness is an age where the young people have a spirit that I call and I can do spirit. This is an attitude that refuses to accept the status quo of defeat and passivity. Young people believe it can be done. It can be done. We saw with the Fees Must Fall campaign what young people did. We do know in 1976 when the young people took to the streets to protest against uh, Africans as a medium of instruction. They said, we can't allow this to happen. There's just something in the hearts of young people. They are not going to align themselves to the status quo. Enough is enough. It's just that kind of spirit. And it's a powerful spirit. The problem of getting old is that, you know, we have so many disappointments in life where we sometimes make truce with things that are less than the best. You know, when you have been disappointed so much in life that you don't even want to try anymore. You already know you are going to fail, so how is that anymore? Young people are naive enough to believe they can do it. I was thinking about the story, Muruti uh, Rankwe. I was thinking about the story when, uh, I, when I started preaching the gospel. And I remember we decided we were going to have an outreach. And, and I went to my church, the church that I used to attend, and I asked the pastor to allow us to use the church to have midweek meetings. 
We're going to have an outreach. We're going to have people get it saved. And so me and my friends, we wrote posters and wrote, come, God's going to heal you. God's going to touch your life. All kinds of posters, you know. Come, God's going to whatever. And we were saying, we'll pray with you. We're going to stand in faith. And, 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 and then the day came. You know, the meetings were supposed to be, if I remember well, from Monday till Wednesday. So Monday night came. And here I came to the hall. And lo and behold, it was only me who was there. <laughs> <laughs> my friends were nowhere to be found. You know, and, uh, but I tell you, I believe that it can be done. You know, I love it as a young person. You don't know that it can be done. You still try to do it. You still go out there. We read in 1 Samuel 17 a very interesting story, that of David. David was fairly young. Let me read it for you in verse 12. It says, David was the son of Ephraim of Bethlehem, Judah, whose name was Jesse. Jesse had eight sons, and the man was old, advanced in years in the days of Saul. The three oldest sons of Jesse had gone to follow Saul to the battle. Note that. The names of his three sons who were at the battle was Eliab, the firstborn. Next to him, Abinadab. The third was Shammah. David was the youngest. And the three oldest followed Saul. But David occasionally went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. So one day then, Jesse sends David to go to where the brothers are, to go give them food there at the battlefront, okay? So let's pick up the story in verse 20. So David rose up early in the morning, left the ship with a keeper, took the things and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the camp as the army was going out to the fight and shouting for battle. For Israel and the Philistines had drawn up in battle array, army against army. And David left his supplies in the hands of the supply keeper, ran to the army, and greeted his brothers. Then he talked with them. There was the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, who came up from the armies of the Philistines, and he spoke according to the same words. So David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, they fled for him, from him, and they were dreadfully afraid. So the men of Israel said, have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich with great riches. He will give him his daughter, and his father's house will be exempt from tax in Israel. Then David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? I love that kind of spirit, don't you? All the older guys are running away. Mara David is not running away. Uh, he doesn't even care how big the guy is. He said, I can do it. And I pray that God may give you that spirit where you say that in my family, I'm not going to allow the poverty, the Goliath of poverty to destroy my family. I'm not going to allow the, 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 the Goliath of alcohol to destroy my family. I'm not going to allow the, the Goliath of femicide to destroy my family. I'm going to rise in the name of Jesus and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to defeat Goliath. Can I hear an amen? Ah, let me go through the other things and I won't spend too much time. Number four, innovation. Young people are very innovative. I love them. They're very innovative. They, they don't have a, a major problem and that is, leads me to the fifth point. I don't want to spend too much time on this one, on these, the next ones. The ability to embrace new things and flexibility. 
You know, young people are flexible. Rona Salere cut a hairstyle earlier in 1902. Amen. I mean, I remember some, some few years ago, my boys were saying to me, Papa, you wear your pants too high. I said, hey, Munna, why must I wear them low? And I'm being honest, Barcelona, I've tried to wear these current pants, you know. You know this, thing, I don't know what you call them. What do you, what do you call them, the spaghetti ones? Hmm? Skinny jeans. I've tried to wear skinny jeans and squeeze into them. You know, Ankara, I am under torture, you know. What I mean, I mean, when you see the young people with their skinny jeans and their, their long shoes and their jackets and they look so cool. I try and I realize, hi, hi, I just look and to say. You know, but you know, but young people are flexible. All the new fashions, you know, all the latest ways of doing things, they're the ones who do it. You know, hairstyle, what to wear, why they're still flexible. The problem of growing up and getting old is you get to a point where you're not flexible anymore. We're not willing to try anything. Now it becomes worse in these days where technology is moving at the pace it's moving. You know, I was laughing. One guy said, you know, my grandmother is great with the cell phone until she has to send a message. <laughs> she said, yeah, she's all right to answer it until she has to text back. I don't know if you have somebody who's elderly. I mean, it's nice to, you know, you, you don't send a text message. They're not going to respond. You just need to phone them. But that happens to all of us. But young people are flexible. Do we have some flexible in the, people in the house here? Yeah? <laughs> Hallelujah. Number six, young people have intensity. Intensity. I tell you, you know, even in the book of Revelation, when Jesus talks to the church, he uses that example about how they must love God. He says, return to your first love. Yeah. Huh? How many of you remember your first love? You remember the first guy you fell in love with? Don't try to give me that innocent look now. They, they have you on camera. Don't try, to, don't try to act like you don't know what I'm talking about. Do you remember that first lady that you fell in love with? And I'm not saying in a bad way, you know. You know, you know we, we have a crush on people. Have you ever had a crush on, crush on somebody? Yeah, have you ever had a crush? I had a crush on my school teacher. <laughs> Come on, don't laugh at me like that. I had a crush on my school teacher. I think I was in primary school. I love that teacher. In a good way now. Come on, please. In a good way now. I love my teacher. I love her so much that I just wanted to talk to her. And I remember one day, I, I don't know what was happening. You know, you know those days when we still had a chalkboard? I don't know if they still use a chalkboard. And you know, they write notes and then you, you, you transcribe and you write the notes. And for some reason, I wrote a sentence twice. For some reason, I don't know. So I thought she's the one who made the mistake. And don't laugh at me like that. That's not fair. I thought she's the one who made the mistake. I thought she had written the sentence twice on the chalkboard. It wasn't her mistake, it was me. But I so wanted to talk to her that I got up to go and correct the thing. So I went to her and I said, mistress. <laughs> I just wanted to talk to her. <laughs> and then I took her to the chalkboard and lo and behold, there was nothing wrong with what she had written. It's just this brother and his first love. Yeah. But it's, it's intense love. It's, it's wonderful love. The first love, you stay on the phone for hours. Hmm? At the corner of the street, nobody says anything for hours. Yeah? You are just on the phone talking a lot of nothing. Anybody knows what I'm talking about? But it's a time of intensity. Number seven, this one I love. 
Youthfulness has the capacity for spirituality. Our text says, remember your creator in the days of your youth. Why? Because youthful years are teachable years. See, when you are young, you learn more in your youth. In fact, studies show you learn more in the early part of your life. And most of what you've learned at a certain age is what sustains you throughout your life. All subjects is true. Even with religion is true. This is why I am a firm propagator that young people should follow God from an early age. See, when you follow God from an early age, you learn good things from an early age and you save yourself from a lot of trouble and a lot of problems and a lot of things that you must unlearn when you are old. Oh yeah. If you never learn to beat up women, you are not going to do it when you are old. If you never learn to drink alcohol, you'll never do it when you're old. If you've learned to respect, you will never disrespect when you're old. If you've learned to honor life, you will honor life when you're old. Because you learn when you are still young. It's a blessing to give God the prime of your life. That's why we read several examples in the Bible of young people who gave their lives to God and gave God the prime of their lives. We read about Jesus, we read about him. What about Joseph? What about David? Timothy? Mary, the mother of Jesus? Miriam, the mother of Moses? What about Jeremiah? And all these young people who gave their lives to God. Remember your creator in the days of your youth. Now, before some of my age group and older say, Amara, today's sermon knows a Nahan Karuna. Let me present this to you. The nice thing is this youthfulness in the Bible is not limited to chronological age. Amen. Youthfulness in the Bible extends to the condition of your heart, your soul, and your attitude. Amen. That even though you may be aging physically, but you can remain youthful in your heart, you can remain youthful in your soul, you can remain youthful in your attitude. No wonder the Bible tells us in Isaiah chapter 40, when you read verse 29, it says, he gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Ah, verse 30, even the youth shall faint and be weary. And the young man shall utterly fall. But those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength they shall mount up with wings like eagle. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Can I hear an amen in this place? So youthfulness is not limited to chronological age because there are those who are young from an age perspective, but they behave like old people. Because they were not able to leverage their youthfulness. But the verse says, they that wait upon the Lord. 
Hallelujah. They that wait upon the Lord. 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 It didn't say they will become young physically. No, it says they will renew their spiritual strength. When we wait upon the Lord. Even though we may be physically old, chronologically old, but there's something young on the inside of us that keeps us going. And because we know that the spirit of man sustains his body. Even though we are old, grown up, still young. Yeah. Note what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4, 16. It says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing. <laughs> Even though gugiology is happening in our bodies. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man. Hallelujah. The inward man is renewed day by day. See, when you spend time in the word of God, you get renewed day by day on the inside. There's something about the word of God that makes your inner man to be alive, to be powerful, to be full of life, vibrancy, vigor, and vitality because the inward man has been renewed day by day. We see this kind of newness demonstrated in the Bible. When you read in the book of Joshua, a man by the name of Caleb, at the age of 40, when he came into the promised land, him and Joshua, when they were sent out there as spies, they were among the 12 spies. When they came into the promised land, the other 10 spies says, we can't be able to take the land. But Joshua and Caleb says, we are well able to take the land. But 40 years went by without them being able to get into the land. And now 40 years later, as an old man, as he stood next to that land and stood on the promised land, when Joshua gave it to him, he said, you know what? Even if I'm 80 years old, I'm still as strong as I was when I was 40 years old. Because the inward man gets renewed day by day. Even if the outward man is perishing, but the inward man is renewed day by day. You can be youthful in your spirit, be filled of faith, be full of prayer, because the inward man is renewed day by day. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. We see this kind of newness in the life of a man who did what was bad. By the name of Saul. You know that's the good thing about God. That only God. He's able to change our history. We can live many years in darkness. In anger. Murdering people. Like we've seen this week. Young lady murdered. People who give themselves. To become instruments of evil. Wherever you are, whoever you are, maybe you're watching this wherever you are. And maybe you're looking at your life going down the drain and you don't know what to do. I want to tell you as a servant of God, even if your life may be far gone, there's a God in heaven. There's a God in heaven 
who's able to change your story and change your life. Paul who went out murdering and killing and doing what was wrong, one day on his road to Damascus, he had an encounter with Jesus Christ. And Jesus spoke to him and said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It's hard for you to kick against the pricks. It is this same Saul who's later, later on, his name was changed to Paul because God is a God who's able to take an old life and give it newness, who's able to change your name no matter who you are. It is this God. And I believe as men in South Africa, we can change our name from being an abuser to being a loving husband. As young people, we can change our name from being awkward drinking young people who do all kinds of wrong things to being young people who are blessed. God is the God who's able to change us into newness and make us to be new. It is this same Paul, when he writes about it, this is what he says. He says, if any man be in Christ, He's a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. See, the Bible, in the, in the Amplified Bible, it actually explains what's the old things that have passed. It's not your chronological age that passes. It's not your height that passes. It's not your looks that passes. The Amplified says the old moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. See, only God is able to bring newness, freshness, youthfulness in a life that's broken. And today I want to give you a word of hope. No matter how bad things may be in your life, no matter how far gone you may think you are, there's a God in heaven who's able to bring newness and freshness and youthfulness. God can bring newness and freshness in your life, in your home. God can bring freshness and newness in your business. God can bring freshness and newness in your relationship. God can bring freshness and newness in the way you think, in the way you operate. God can take that broken life and that broken home and God can sort it out again. But Paul says, if any man, it's an open invitation. Jesus says, come unto me. All you who are heavily laden. And I'll give you rest. He's a God who's able to give newness. Remember that man who hung on the cross. Just before his death. Before his last breath. He looks at Jesus and says, Lord, remember me. And Jesus says, I tell you, tonight you will be with me in paradise. And this morning God can give you newness and freshness. If you will open your heart to him. If you will say, here I am, I bring my broken life. Don't run away from him. Run towards him. He's a God of freshness and newness. He says, remember now your creator. Remember your creator. Right where you are in your home, wherever you are watching from, in this place, remember your creator. As I lead you into prayer, maybe you want to receive Christ right now and say, you know, I want Jesus to come into my heart, to come into my life. I want to pray for you right now. I'd like to take this time for you. 
to pray with you. Remember, if you want to call right now, call on the number that's on the screen. But maybe you are there, you are saying, please pray for me. Fundis, I want God to change my life. Just join me in this prayer and the audience here will join in the prayer. This is a prayer to receive Christ as Savior and Lord of your life. Follow me in the prayer. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you just as I am. I invite Jesus Christ to come into my heart to be the Savior and the Lord of my life. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Thank you for coming into my heart and for making me a new person. In Jesus' name, amen. I want us all just to take just a few minutes right now to pray for our nation and to pray for our lovely land. You know, this issue of femicide is a major, major challenge that we are faced with as a nation. And I believe we need to bring it before God and ask God to really help us. I'm looking forward to that time when things will be different and things will be so changed in our nation. Let us pray right now. Father, we pray for this lovely land of ours, this nation. Join me in prayer, everybody. Even at home, join me in prayer. We pray in the name of Jesus against the spirit of femicide. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus, even for our law enforcement agencies. We pray, God, that even as the leaders meet together, that we will find a way where the laws can be changed, where even harsher sentencing can be there. We, find, we pray, Father God, that the people who committed, who have perpetrated these crimes will be found. But most of all, we pray, God, that you will give us solutions for us to have measures of intervention whereby we can have preventative measures where these kinds of crimes can be stopped in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray for the leaders who are going before us who need answers, oh God. We pray that you lead them and guide them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you as we lift up this nation before you. We know that you hear the prayers of your people. We know that you are the God who's aware of what we're going through. And right now, in the name of Jesus, we present the needs of our nation before you. We pray, God, in Jesus' name. We even pray even in these times of COVID-19. We pray, Lord God, that the people in our nation will do what is right, that we will not infect ourselves unnecessarily, that we will take all the precautions that are necessary. We know, Lord, that we will go through this time, and this time will pass as we give you all the honor and give you all the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen.